It's so bright. Good morning. Probably didn't need to move that, but I'm a little bit nervous and all these other things that go along with um, doing something like this. I want to want to make sure that I um, say things of value and things that will encourage me, encourage you guys, and and bless the Father Heart of God. Um, I've, every Whenever I do this, I forget to give a title, so I have a title this morning. How about that? <laughs> so it's the heart that moves, or a heart that moves, and Jesus, the best contractor, general contractor ever. So that's the my message for this morning. I'm going to kind of touch on things like that. I just want to thank Pastor lets me um, do this, every, come up every once in a while and, and get a chance to share my heart mostly. I, I, um, I like to share my heart. I like to, that, I like to talk about where I'm at because I, I, I also find out when you do that, a lot of other people are where you're at, you know, going through a lot of the things that you're going through. And so it, it's, it's a little bit easier to talk when, it's, when it has to do with that because God speaks to a lot of people about a lot of the same things at, at the same time. And so we go through a lot of the same things. But um, Pastor's last message last week was about a heart that is prepared. And so he, Pastor has a heart for seeing a billion people come to Christ. Uh, I don't think Osborne's going to bring a billion people to Christ, but we can be a little bit of the vineyard that brings people to Christ, right? And we, and we prepare our hearts, we prepare our minds, we prepare our, ourselves to be able to do something like that. I sort of brought some water with me. I think I do this every time, too, so. So here we go. Let's pray, too. Another prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, God. You are a good God. You love us unashamedly. You walk with us joyfully. You teach us decisively. You are awesome in your ways. You are perfect in what you do. You are compassionate in how you talk to us and how you, you look at us and how you teach us. You are a God that gives and that you are a God that continues to give. You are a God that continues to love us no matter what our situation. If we fall in the ditch, you come down here in the ditch and get us as we cry out to you. Wherever we go, Lord, you are there. And so I thank you for that. I thank you that you speak to our hearts that you teach us your ways. So guide us, Lord, this morning as we spend a little bit of time in your word, as we spend a little bit of time as a family together. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for us, your great sacrifice. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Lead us into the truth of Jesus. I pray, amen. So, I want to talk about the heart that moves. And, and along with that, when we save someone, we help them to learn how to, we, we, we kind of disciple people in, in, um, as they come to Christ. But I want to read Colossians 1, 24 through 27. I'm going to read a few scriptures. I hope they come together right. So, so Colossians 1, 24 now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I am completely, and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is, the church. I have come, I have become its servant according to God's commission. 
that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. And I just want to, um, verse 27, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, everything we do is, is because of Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's, where we're, that's what we're after. Christ is writing on our hearts every day because that is where he lives. You know, and so that's where he writes. I'll tell you a little bit about me, something you probably don't know, but and don't don't go ah. So, over the past three years I have been having some issues with my heart, medically speaking. Spiritually speaking, too. <laughs> I'm always, but that has gone on a lot longer than three years. I've got, I've got my spiritual issues. My, you know, I've got things happen. Stuff happens. Our hearts are always under construction, and so that's why I labeled this one the best general contract contractor ever. Because God is always working on our hearts. He's always in there, digging and pulling and shaping and molding and taking out the bad stuff, putting in more good stuff. That's what He does. I've had some bouts of passing out and losing consciousness over the last three years. Each time I, I have had to go to the hospital and be checked, each time I have been told that my heart's okay. That's what they tell me. And they're all quick checks. They're all those like, keep, put those little sticky things on you for a couple hours or whatever. But there's something wrong. There's something not right. So the last time I had a situation, we called 9-11, and the paramedics came to the house and checked me out and found nothing wrong again with my heart, but said that I should go to the hospital, which I did, and they didn't find anything. So I had in two times in one night, I was hooked up to these things, and, and they're not finding anything. But something's wrong. Something's not right. Proverbs 24, 3 says this, above all else, guard your heart. For everything that you do flows from it. Think about that. If you haven't read that before, if that's the first time you heard it, guard your heart. For everything that you do flows from it. Now, right now, I'm talking about the physical heart. This thing sitting behind your rib, your chest, your rib cage. Proverbs is talking about my soul. Proverbs is talking about my mind. Proverbs is talking about my spirit. And, and I'll get to that in a little bit. So I went to the doctor, and my doctor has hooked me up to a monitor that I will wear for a month so that they can listen to my heart and record information real time. If I turn to the side, you might be able to see it. I got a, I got a, I got a little bitty monitor there that's, that's stuck to my chest, and, and it speaks Real time right now. I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask him about this day too because I'm sitting there, my heart's going. <laughs> so, so they're not. They're not going to. They're going to get a different read. I'm, I put my phone next to me. I go. I wonder if they're going to call me and ask me what's going on. <laughs> I, uh, my my son said I had seizures. He was, I, and it didn't seem like it to me. And I can. A lot of times I was conscious. I could hear him talking. One of the times it happened to him, it was the most wonderful feeling that I've ever had in my life. 
And it took me about two weeks later to realize that's what happened. And I thought, if this is heaven, this is pretty cool. I ain't writing no books on there, nothing like that, and talking about when I went to heaven and blah, blah, blah. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm not going there. Um, but it was, just, it, was, it was just something. It was so amazing that I just went, wow. This is really cool. <laughs> so I did. I went to the doctor, so I'm hooked up. I have a little. This thing speaks to me. This goes with this. So I went to the doctor. My doctor has hooked me up to the monitor that I will wear for one month so that they can listen to my heart and record information in real time. Guess what? The monitor comes with a how to operate. And it's called the patient instruction manual. Yeah. <laughs> you are under construction. That's what it's called. Pretty cool, huh? The setup also comes with the cell phone that records information and it, they talk to each other and feed. And, um, I, I actually feel really good, by the way. And I, I did five minutes after the, the episodes and I just, and I don't, I don't know, but this stuff is really cool. <laughs> Who's sick and thinks it's cool? I don't know. <laughs> it tells me exactly what to do, when to do it, and why to do it. This thing, this thing is kind of like an idiot button. It, it speaks to me. It's, it says something, you need to do this, you need to do that. Um, it turns out that it's for my good. It turns out that this is for your good. It tells me to charge the battery. It tells me to change the monitor. It tells me to charge the monitor that I just changed. It's a, and it will get on my case if I don't do it. It will just keep going beep, <laughs> beep, <laughs> beep, <laughs> beep until I do all those things. I stand still for a couple of minutes until it until they hook up to each other. And, and after they hook up to each other, you're good to go. One of the most important things to do, if not the most important thing, is putting the sticky strip ECG lead on your chest in the right place. It has to be in the right place, by the way. I can't put it on my forehead. can't put it on my buns. can't put it on my shoulder. I can't put it on my tummy. can't put it on my thigh. Can't, I have to put it right in the right place right on my heart, right on my heart. Can't put it to the left here, can't put it to the right there. It has to go right there for a reason. It has to be in the right place. I can't put it anywhere else. Then after I've done all those things, it's running like a clock. It just, it's, it's on time. It just does exactly where it's supposed to do. Here's the painful part. Every five days or so, the monitor tells the phone that there is not a good contact to my skin. And so because it's not a good contact to my skin, I have to take the, the, the um, EJ, e, ECG thing off and put them on it. So the first time I went, I went, and I pulled it. It was so stuck to my chest. I was going, oh, no. I thought it was going to pull the skin right off of my body. And so I had to push it back and put my hand on it like this and, and slowly pull it off and get that thing off of me and, and I thought that's it says it wasn't tight <laughs> so the first time I was like no that's not working 
that didn't work right. But it, it was just how important it is. You know, how, how important it had to, to be to my chest to read what was going on. So that, so that, the, so that the doctors real time can get, a, get the right message of what's going on with my heart. It's, and the reason why I'm using it is because we're talking about the heart. We're talking about our hearts and how important our hearts are to God and where he resides. And so it's so important that, that, that your heart is good, that your heart is in movement, that your heart is not just sitting still, sitting still and being stagnant. It's just that important. Who wants a stagnant heart? God doesn't want your heart to be stagnant. God doesn't want my heart to be stagnant. He has to do things. So I pull this off. I put it back on. I, I have to pull it. The clip out, put the other new one up, clip it back in there, wait, and wait, and, um, and then it'll tell me, okay, you're good to go. And then I'm good to go. That's the painful part of it. The scripture teaches us to rend our hearts and not our garments. And I thought, when I pulled it, I thought, I'm kind of rending my heart. Maybe I'm, you know, but the scripture teaches us that our hearts need to be rended, have to be made right. Why am I telling you this story? Because of how important our hearts are. Our hearts are so important. I don't want to have heart problems. Do you? I don't want to have heart problems. So my doctor has given me the opportunity to find out what is going on with my heart. I had to read the instructions a few times and was a little frightened to start and complete the process the first couple of times realizing the importance of the process. First time I got in the shower, I was like, I don't know if I'm getting in the shower, man. This thing's going to zap me. And it's going to go like that. <laughs> and and on, the, on, the, on the box it says, 100% waterproof. You can, I, can go, I can take it down three feet in the water and I'm good. I can, I can go swimming just as long as I can. It's just completely safe. And it took me a couple of times to, to have the faith to believe that it was completely safe. But, you know, you have to take a shower. You start to stink after a while. You have to, it's just things you got to do. Uh, I don't want heart problems. I had to read the instructions a few times. It is not for the doctor's sake that I do it right, but it's for my good. It's not for God's sake that we do things right. You know, he wants us to do things right because it's for our good, not his. God was in existence for all eternity, whatever that means, and he didn't need Greg Rush. He didn't need me. So it's for my sake that I read this. It's for my sake that I get in touch with the Father. It's, it's for my benefit. It's for our benefit. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. We're kind of message, but it's the message. They have given me a manual to follow, and if I follow the manual, I will more than likely do well. When I go to the doctor, at least the report will be good. What they tell me, I have no idea. Uh, but I know I've done what I was supposed to do to make sure that they can do what they need to do. God has given us a manual. I've held it up a few times so that we can have a healthy, moving heart. The scripture says, taste 
and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is the man that trusts in him. Our hearts are in constant movement. You know, they're, they're beating, they're, they're, they're feeding, they're, they're doing all this. It's the central location. It's where things go to live. It's where things go to disperse. It's where things go to make things happen. Our hearts are constantly in movement. We have to continually check them to make sure that they are going in the right direction, by the way. You know, because we can let our hearts go in the wrong direction. We can get the wrong affections. We can do all kinds of things with our heart if we let other things take control over our hearts. God says that he will take our stony hearts and make them hearts of flesh. I want to read another scripture. It's in Ezekiel. Ezekiel is a little bit past the middle of the book. It's in chapter 37 and it's 24 through 27. Oh, I hope I got this right. <laughs> Let's see if I got this right. I hope I got this right. Okay, so I don't know if I got it right, but this is what he says to Israel, and I believe that all of mankind can be included. So I have the wrong passage, so I'm not going to... Huh? 30, 36, Thank you. Are you sure? Yep. You sure? 90% sure. <laughs> okay. Let me, thank you, Pastor. 36 and what? 26. 36 and 26. Okay. See, there we go. Help is always on the way. Ah, yes. Thank you. So, I will give you a new heart. You pastor, <laughs> and, I, and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. And, and, and it, it, he's like he's talking to the Jewish people, but this is one of those scriptures that all of us can use, all of us can take it. It speaks to all of us because it's. It's, it's, a, it's a portion of God's voice, portion of his word that goes for all of us. I mean, if God were to say, can you count stars, Abraham, or the grains of sand? He's not, that's not for you or me or anybody else. That's for Abraham. But then there's portions of scripture that are for us. Guard your hearts. Guard your heart. It is in constant movement looking for something to fill it. The Israelites did not talk about the mind because to them, the heart and in, in, in Hebrew, it's the word lev, L-E-V. The heart is the center of life. They did not think of it as a body part. They thought of the heart as an organ that gives physical life in the place where you think and make sense of the world, where you feel emotions and make choices. So when I was sitting down, I was thinking, you know, we have a brain, but that's, what can, not what controls us. One of the things I learned when I was, when I was um, going through my, through these hospital things is that our stomach actually controls our brain. Our brain doesn't control our stomach. You know, because part, part of the reasons they think I might be um, 
have so many situations because I don't care that much about eating. And a lot of times I don't think about eating. And so I'll go the whole day without eating, uh, except for when it's time to fast and you always are hungry, right? <laughs> go figure. <laughs> and I don't think about drinking water. I just, it just, I don't know why, but it's, so I'm, I'm learning how to feed myself because I'm finding out the importance of putting food in your body because it's like, what, it's just food. You know, I, it's, it's not on my top ten of things to do. If that, that's kind of weird, but it's not, it's, it's not something I think about doing. So I have to retrain my mind to think about eating. So it's an organ that gives physical life and a place where you think and make sense of the world, where you feel emotion and make choices. Jesus lives in our heart, right? And helps us to make choices. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path because he's living in your heart. Matthew recorded that Jesus was challenged by the Pharisees according to the legality of the law. As far as the law was concerned, they they were pretty correct the legality of it. But they were struggling with the love of that. They, were, they didn't do it according to the love as to what was the greatest commandment what they, is what they asked Jesus. And Jesus went straight to, and we all should know what the response was to this question. The first part in Deuteronomy 6, 5, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. They understood that. All of your soul and all of your mind. And so they understood that. They didn't, they didn't say your brain. They didn't, you know, they, they didn't, your mind and your brain, by the way, I, I believe are two different things. But he said with all of your heart, your, your, your emotions, your, your, your thoughts, your, your um, decisions, all of those things that come from what we call the heart. They don't really, they don't necessarily come from the brain. It's this big brain here is a store of information and, and other things. But Jesus said, and this is where we really struggle, because the second part of it, recorded in Matthew 22, is that Jesus said, and the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's not included in Deuteronomy 6.5, because this is where our struggle is. This is where the, where the Pharisees struggle was, is that we struggle with loving people. And love, is, love should be, the, in a sense, the center of our heart, the things that we do, how, we, how I... Choose to love how I choose to love you, how you choose to love, how you choose to to make it a part of your life 24-7. All the time we consider love, all the time. This is the construction going on. Jesus is, is interested in a lot of things, but if we could learn how to love one another, I'm talking about seriously loving one another. I'm not talking about lip service and stuff like that, but if we could die to our own self and love one another, the world will change. We'll change. And we should be in the forefront of all of that stuff. We shouldn't be following up on what somebody else, the world said, and we'll, we grab a bit of it and take it and, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to do our little thing. We should, the world should, should see so much of how, how much we love each other that they'll fall right in line. They will fall right in line. Because we actually have genuine, honest love. And I'm sorry, but we're struggling with that. We struggle 
with loving people because they gave us a hard time today because of this or because of that. We, don't, we struggle with forgiveness because we can't wrap our heads around somebody treating us badly. We think we got to get revenge. First thing we think is revenge. How you, dare you talk to me like that? I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to just stiffen up and get mad and, and, and going about my unloving way. And that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what I do. I, I'm guilty of it. That's what we're guilty of lots of times. Is how do we know how to love people? Because Jesus says the second greatest commandment is this. He didn't do the Ten Commandments. He said the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? Anybody you come across 24-7, guess what they are? That's what they are. I was, I was, Catherine and I we were talking about this. I said, well, so if I come past a Klansman and somebody beat him up, guess what, guess what I, guess who my neighbor is? That guy that hates my guts. And so I got to do something about it. You know, if I just walk up past him, like, I know what that guy is. He hates, he hates black people. He hates, you know, and that's so why I just go on about my business. Well, that's sin. Some things you might not be able to figure out what's sin, but that's sin. You know, that's not God-like. That's not Christ. That's not Christ-like. You know, I'm using that as an example. I can use that as an example because it's a black man, dude with the strange hat, uh, hidden face. <laughs> I can use that. But there's all kinds of examples that we, we just, you know, I mean, all of us got homeless people right in our face. What are we going to do about it? You know, I got... Ten jackets in my closet. Who's guilty? The homeless person or me? I would go venture to say that I'm the guilty one. I'm the sinner. The heart is always in motion. Which way is it going? What is your heart doing? What is your heart saying? Is your heart a heart of love your neighbor as yourself? Or is your heart a heart of I'm just going to love me and everybody get out of my way? Those are always our choices. For a heart that's moving, for a heart that, that 3, 5, and 6 of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says that Jesus is living in our heart. What do we do with it? And that's a great portion of scripture. Everybody, this should be a, it should be one of those scriptures that we all grasp and hold on to. A heart that moves is a heart that loves. If your heart is in motion and it's going in motion the right way, it's going to be a heart that loves. It's going to be a heart that sacrifices. It's going to be a heart that gives. Jesus came and he sacrificed and he gave. Um, without need. Um, he, he just gives. If we say we're little Jesuses, soon we'd be giving little gifts. <laughs> you know? Shouldn't we be giving stuff? Shouldn't we be giving things? Shouldn't we mostly give ourselves? Because what good is your Christianity if you can't do those things? Who wants to hear it? I don't want to hear it. You want to hear it? I don't want to hear it. Why would the world want to hear it? We got people right in our own room that don't want to hear it because we're not being good Christians to each other. 
I don't, I'm, I'm, the mirror's up. Believe me. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to Greg Rush first before I speak to anybody. I read this thing over 10 times probably. I'm, I'm speaking to me. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 1 through, 1 through 3. I know I got this one right. <laughs> this is one of my favorite scriptures. By the way, Pastor used um, Psalms 90 last week. So teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts unto wisdom, O satisfy us early with thy goodness, that we might rejoice and be glad all of our days and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish now the works of thy hands. Establish the works of thy hand, dear Lord. I've known that for read and seeing it all the time for the last 40-something years because it's such a powerful little chunk of scripture. 2 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. Um, that's Colossians. You know, I said, I know it. I've, I've, I've mentioned a lot of times here. So are we beginning to commend ourselves again or do we need like some letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are Christ's letter delivered by us, not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts, fleshly, moving, breathing, desiring, emotional human hearts, because our hearts are what God reaches into and touches and takes a stony heart and turns it into a flesh heart, a heart that lives, a heart that breathes, a heart that moves. And if our hearts aren't breathing and moving, we have to open them up a little bit more to let God touch them. Let's continue to follow the manual and keep our hearts pliable, keep our hearts flexible and usable. For our daily walk with the Lord, because we have to be pliable, we have to be flexible, we have to be usable, we have to, um, what do they say, die to yourself? You know, Paul says he dies daily. He dies daily so his heart can live. He, that's why he dies. He doesn't physically die and get up the next day, and, you know, but he dies to his desires. He dies to, to what he wants as, as being the main thing. Because if we die to what we want and begin to live for what other people want, God will make sure that we get what we need and what we want. But it never works the opposite of that. If we think we're going to get everything that we want and, and not die to ourselves and, and, and look out for our brothers and sisters in Christ and even outside of Christ, if we can't die to our own needs, then we can't live for Christ. Our hearts don't. Our hearts begin to sit in a flux type thing, and and they're not fluid. They're not growing. They're not moving. Our hearts are just becoming stagnant. And God doesn't like stagnant stagnant hearts. He has a hard time living in a in a stony heart. He does. And then he starts chipping away. And we go, What's going on? Why are you chipping away at my my stony heart? <laughs> because you got a stony heart. And so that's why I'm chipping away at your stony heart so I can make your heart like my heart because that's the heart he's looking for. He doesn't accept any other heart. It's a heart that has life. 
It's a heart that moves. It's a heart that breathes. Continue to follow the manual and keep our hearts pliable, flexible, and usable for our daily walk with the Lord. For God is in our hearts both to do and to will his good pleasure. It's not about your pleasure. It's about his good pleasure. And we find out what that is. It's not like God's trying to, trying to be the spoiler, spoiler alert guy. You know, he's trying, he's trying to, to grow Greg up. He's trying to grow you up. He's trying to make us more into the image of Christ. That's his, that's his responsibility. That's, that's as, a, as the father heart is, that's his responsibility. He's, he is his responsibility to father us, to love us, to teach us, to encourage us, to, to show us how to walk. Walk this way. That's his, that's his responsibility. That's his, I don't see his his job description, but that's his description. That's, a, that's what he has chosen to do. He has chosen for his good pleasure to walk with us. In the process of learning how to put the heart monitor on the right way, I made some mistakes. If we think we're going to walk through Christianity and not make mistakes, we're tripping. It ain't true. And if we should beat ourselves up because we made a mistake, that's stupid. You know, call it sin or whatever you want to call it. But you don't have to beat yourself up because you did something wrong. You just get back up on the platform and let God continue to work on your life. That's all. And he'll do that. He's looking for a type of perfection. But he's knowing, he knows that we're not perfected, but he's looking for a type of perfection to get us moving in the right direction, to get our hearts to be tender and soft. The equipment waited for me to get it right, you know, because it, it would just tell me, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right. It did not say, what a screw up. It didn't say that. It doesn't, it doesn't have that wording in this little device. <laughs> it did not say go away. You know, God doesn't say those things. He's committed to us. It is designed to help. God is there to help. God is here to help. Sometimes we don't get it right, and our heart, the emotions part of it, so to say, gets dismayed. But Christ is in our heart with a design that will help us overcome our struggles or our struggle, whatever that is at that time. So one last verse that helps when, a, when for a moment our hearts are motionless or in slow motion, you know, we feel bad about this or, or we're wondering what's going on and, and we're in our pity party or whatever you want to call it. Um, Isaiah 41.10 says this, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's his promise. That's his promise. Do I fear what's going on here? In some ways, I, some ways it makes me nervous about the unknown, but I don't lose sleep over it. You know, whatever it what. God is in control. God's got it figured out. God knows what's going on. 
That is a heart that is in motion, even though afraid. That is putting its trust in him, as Psalms 56.3 says, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Whenever we're afraid. It's, it, we, we, we get afraid sometimes. No, but when we are afraid, we trust and we, 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 we put Proverbs again, 3, 5, and 6, into action. We trust in the Lord with all of our hearts that are fragile. And we don't understand it all, but we do it all. We just say, God, do what you got to do. You know, I've, goodness, last three years, I've gone through all kinds of craziness. You know, I've gone through all kinds of suffering. I've gone through all, all kinds of disappointment, all kinds of loss. But God's still God. Isn't he still God? Amen. So what are you going to do? You know, you just trust in God with all your heart. And God is so faithful. God hears your hearts as we let our hearts be fluid. And as we let our hearts be vulnerable to the spirit of God, God is faithful to do something better, to do something extraordinary in a sense. That is the heart in motion. Even though afraid, that is putting trust in him. It is a journey. It is full of all kinds of days and all kinds of emotions. That's our lives. Anybody says, oh, I got it together all the time. Yeah, it's just, it's just so cool. Get away from them. <laughs> They're lying. You know, They're lying because life don't work like that. You know, Man's days are short and full of trouble. Sparks fly upwards. It's not like he's making a promise. He's just stating a fact. You know, we, we are tribulation people. We are people that go through struggles and go through fights, but are we people that get up and say, got it. Got it. Here's my heart, God. We just sang so many songs about the heart. About a heart. It's like, here's my heart. Do what you want to do with it. You know, because God's not going to go, poop, there's your heart. (laughs) Just heard it, just splattered it all. He's going to go like, this is a precious thing I'm holding here. This is a very precious thing I'm holding here. This is a very special person. This is a very special person. In all those days, our hearts want to recognize that the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be saved or be safe. Christ went to the cross for me and you. And he only had to do it one time. I'm... I shouldn't assume, but I'm assuming everybody in here is a believer. But if you're not a believer, if, if you need your heart to be tenderized, if you want your heart to be open to the things of God, today is the day of salvation. Today is the opportunity to give your heart to Christ and absolutely guarantee it that you will be better for it. I, I, a little bit over. Not quite. I made it under. Um, I don't know. It's my heart. It's um, the Papa. You call me Papa? (laughs) Um, My Papa heart wants to be in tune with God's Father heart. You guys can come on up and do what you do. Pastor Ryan's going to close us out. Um, Thank you guys for listening to me. I love all of you guys. And I just thank you for your faithfulness to me and your, 
your love for God. It's just such a wonderful thing. God bless all of you. And I am done. Thank <laughs> you.